So today we have on Madison Tinder, who is the quintessential multi-passionate person. And even she mentioned it for herself, that she is a multi-passionate marketing and business mentor. She helps serve multi-passionate creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs to help them scale and expand their businesses and really also have just like these secondary businesses and secondary goals that we're not used to talking about so much. We're used to being like, go all in on one thing. This conversation truly is for someone who wants to understand how to have the things that they desire in both their life and their business to come into all in one place. So if you've had like any inclination on wanting to unniche, wanting to be multi-passionate, wanting to understand what really a personal brand means in, in this day and age, you're in the right place. So can't wait for you guys to hear this episode coming up now. Pop quiz. In the last three months, have you said or thought something like, my audience is tapped out, I need new people, I need to be a numbers game with this to figure out how to get more people and increase my sales? Have you thought, how do I make more sales from my one-to-many or group offer through my sales page and emails alone without having to be run down by webinar launches, DMs, calls, all the works? And have you thought more of your audience and a lot of your list right now as more of lurkers and ghost leads than actual warm, vibrant, interested people? Then this is the freebie for you. Before you pour another dime into ads or hours into your next launch or sales push, you need to address these two reasons to make more sales from your existing audience now. I've put together my best tried and true lurkers be gone interactive exercise for even the coldest of audience to get unfucked and them off their butts. Help get access to one of the simplest exercises you can do in less than five minutes, along with a bonus somatic sales copy exercise to help you cure the thought of writing copy and funnel work is so boring, exhausting, and time consuming. I've made this interactive guide the simplest it can be, and to really help ensure your next sale is as simple as what you'll find out the opt-in form is set up on this page. Get in, and have your life changed. Okay, I'm so happy to have you on the episode, Madison, because I mean, we talked about this in DMs previous, like, like weeks ago, around this concept of being multi-passionate and really kind of fucking the, the niching topic just yeah. out of the way. So I'm curious for you, especially as someone who has been in the space for so long, not just like how did it start for you, but really when did you like commit to that I am being I'm just going to go into the multi-passionate and kind of see it all the way through it was like the end of last year um I always knew I was multi-passionate in a way because I was already doing multiple things I already had my soulful scrunchies business I was already running retreats and things like that but I just wasn't creating from that element in my business. Like I wasn't owning it. That's what I was doing. I wasn't owning it. Um, so at the end of this last year, I kind of felt like, and I talk about this a lot in my content, I felt repetitive. I felt like I was just doing the same thing, creating the same thing. I felt like I blended in, honestly. Um, but it was working. Like it worked for me and my business. But I always say what got me to a certain point isn't going to get me to the next. And I just knew that there was a disconnect with what I was actually doing, being multi-passionate to how I was owning it online. And it was at the end of last year when, you know, I was working with my mentor and I was like, you know, I think that I'm going to go in this direction because I think I've really mastered being multi-passionate and doing multiple things. And I feel like a lot of people need help with this because I was already having a lot of conversations around how I started a 
second business, like how I prioritize my time, how I'm really doing all the things. And, you know, there wasn't like a lot of content around that. There wasn't a lot of programs. There wasn't a lot of people coaching on the topic because I actually had trouble. I wanted to find a mentor who was also doing a lot as well. So I had trouble finding a mentor and I was like, well, maybe I can kind of step into this element of really owning being multi-passionate. So I kind of made a pact to myself of, I'm going to talk about this more. I'm going to share my journey more and I'm going to create from what I've mastered. And that kind of led me to completely pivoting my business. Actually, it wasn't just me creating a new program. I actually changed everything. Uh, My messaging, who I was speaking to, I retired some offers. I created some new ones and I kind of stepped into more of a multi-passionate space. And it's taken me this entire year, basically 12 months to really fulfill the pivot and to test things. It almost felt like I restarted my business in a way, but not really fully, but kind of just went through that pivot. So end of last year and kind of just starting to own it. And that's what I'm kind of seeing more in the space as well, which makes me really excited. I totally hear you on that, especially as someone who who works a lot of clients who vary from like the six figures multiple and like seven there's so many conversations that happen behind the scenes that no one really gets to hear. And one of the biggest ones is that there are people who are successful at what they're doing, but they're not lit up by it anymore. They're not excited by what they're sharing. They're not excited by their offer, even though they have this fully like built out funnel and business and like all this stuff, they they've lost whatever spark they had. And it's it's interesting because when you look at it, you know, comparison to like a corporate job, it's so natural for like corporate jobs to have elevations or changes in careers or things like this yet because you know online business is so new this concept of like actually changing things in your business feels so foreign also feels even more unsafe because now you've also built this level of certainty in the last few years of your business and it's like do you really feel comfortable basically like you said fully pivoting so I'm curious for you as someone who it sounded like you kind of began it bit by bit with the, the second business and then like owned it when it comes to people who who are coming to you who are on the side of like they're just kind of starting their multi-passionate side, do you recommend for them to like dive into the whole I'm declaring it, I'm diving into it, or do you kind of have that step by step? Like what is really for your people that like unniching process that you work with them for? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first step is becoming the hardest thing is becoming aware that you're multi-passionate. A lot of people don't want to admit it because they think it's a bad thing, right? So they'll come to me and be like, I have too many ideas. I'm multi-passionate. They'll almost like use it as an excuse. And I'm like, no, it's actually kind of your superpower. Like it's the best thing ever when you understand how to like utilize it to your benefit. So a lot of people will come to me that they're like really niche down or they've been doing the same thing for a long time and they're trying to find that spark in their business and brand again, or they're just kind of wanting to create a new idea and execute like a new business or whatever. I I see it in different stages. Um, So really the first step I do with them is I honestly make them go inward because this is something that really helped me. And I was like, okay, yeah, you say you're multi-passionate, you want to do X, Y, and Z. But if you're kind of unclear how that looks like and how that's going to be interwoven into your brand, we need to identify that first. It's almost like when we first started our business, how we kind of worked through our brand mission, our brand vision, kind of like the bigger picture. I want them to do that now 
from the multi-passionate side, like how they they want to start interweaving that into their brand. So some people will be like, I want to start expanding my content, meaning I want to start talking about multiple things, not just my business expertise, or maybe they're kind of already have a really big brand and they're like, I want to start an e-commerce business and really document it. Or, you know, they're just like brand new and they're like, I just want to get all my ideas on paper and understand what's going to be the best next step for me because I have so many ideas. And, you know, it all boils down to really growing a brand. And um, a lot of people come to me to kind of unniche and, you know, just for people out there, niching is not bad, right? Like you can, I have a client who's micro niche. She's very niche and loves it, thrives in that environment. But a lot of people just cannot, they'll, they'll niche at first and then want to expand outward in a way. Um, and you know, that process starts with actually growing a personal brand, which I feel like a lot of people have neglected in the online space. They're so busy of creating a brand around their off around their sales strategy, around their frameworks and methods, which is fine, but your brand should not be built around that. It should be built around you and your business expertise is just one part of your brand. It's one part of the puzzle. So I tell people, I'm like, when you actually focus on creating everything from your personal brand, it gets easier to expand. It's easier to talk about other things and multiple things. It's easier to create more from your skills and your passions rather than your business expertise. So the easiest way I tell my clients to do this is I kind of map out with them what their business expertise is. What are their frameworks look like? Their methods, uh, their business content. Like what do they really want people to know about them and their expertise and their authority and what they stand for, right? And that's kind of easy for people because that's what people have already been doing like their entire time on Instagram. Then I'm like, okay, but your personal brand content right? We need to figure out what your skills and your passions are and what you love, what you stand for, what you believe in, what you're documenting. And we need to infuse more of that into your social presence to be able to call in people who love you for your business, but love you for your brand as well. Um, Because we're taught so much to just call in people who are going to buy from you. But when you call in people who love your brand, they're a ride or die. So they're going to be there forever with everything that you sell, everything that you do, everything that you accomplish. So that's like the first step, which is harder for people because they're so used to that business content. Um, But that's always the first step. And it's kind of freeing for people. They're like, oh, like I can create content around this passion, or I can kind of talk about whatever I want. And I'm like, yeah, people love that. Like, you know, it, it kind of takes them out of that box scenario that they've put themselves in. So I think something that you mentioned too, which is huge, is having this part of developing a personal brand. And I think sometimes that phrase gets kind of thrown around a lot in business, similar to other words, like even for myself with what I do around like sales messaging and stuff like that, like those, they're more like higher level words that can be used in unfortunately like ways that aren't actually true or hit the nose. So I'm curious, personal brand, I've noticed that and this is why I think it makes so much sense why that first part of the, the business expertise is the first and easiest place to start because we're right. trained to make our business for others. But mm-hmm. trying to then go into personal brand, which is about ourselves, feels so foreign that I'm curious mm-hmm. for you, like, how do you really help your people who do feel really 
like worried about personal brand yeah. also even what that means for them in this context because nowadays everyone's like personal brand do you mean like influencing where you share every part of your life or do you mean like so I'm curious for people who are they want that but they're really hesitant how do you help them to kind of see that reframe yeah so I always say that personal branding in honestly influencers do do it right on TikTok that I've really blown up like they do it right and it's working for them for a reason right? But I always say from a business world, everyone has different goals when it comes to their personal brand. So a lot of my clients will be like, I want to start getting brand partnerships, or they're like, I want to start like a lifestyle podcast, or I want to be on more podcasts, or I want to speak at more events like locally, or they're like, I want to start getting like deals or get a book deal and, you know, build my brand that way. So it's identifying like, hey, what are our goals with our personal brand, right? Because we all have different goals, maybe based off kind of how long we've been in business or the stage we're at. And then we identify what needs to happen based off those goals. So um, I'll have a client who wants to book more brand partnerships. So it's kind of identifying what brand partnerships align best with her and creating content from that space. So maybe she wants to do like, I've done um, skincare brand partnerships because I share a lot about my skin and my, my um, journey with my acne and everything like that, which has booked me skincare partnerships. Um, and little shifts like that in your content can make a big difference. You want to speak locally at events. What do you want to speak on? How can we add more of that and fuse that into your content, right? Because people are so scared. They're like, well, I want to be known for one thing, right? That's all I want to talk about. But eventually it's going to feel repetitive and put you in a box. But I always say your personal brand, it has personal for a reason. So depending on your goals, um, it's kind of tying in that content. So personal brand content is always like sharing stories outside of business, beliefs outside of just your business expertise, more documenting your day, documenting what you're doing, new things, documenting different passions of yours, infusing everything that makes you multi-passionate into your content. Um, but it depends on your personal brand goals. I have clients who want to start running retreats outside of their business. Maybe they're business coaches, but they want to run like yoga retreats. I had a client who did that, but we still infuse that into our brand, but she never infused her love of yoga into her brand. So we had to kind of take that next step to do that, to be able to kind of book more retreats and also be a guest at more retreats as well. So depends on the personal brand goals. But, you know, I always say that your personal brand kind of is your niche in a way, um, because it's everything. It's it's you, it's your entire identity. But that doesn't mean that you can't grow your business too. I feel like that's where people have that blurred line. They're like, well, if I focus too much on my personal brand, I can't grow my business. And I always say, no, you get to focus on both. You get to be known for your business expertise, gain authority, sell your programs, do the fun launches, and you get to go grow your personal brand every single week and infuse all of that because I truly believe personal brands are on the rise and they're just going to be even bigger next year. So I 100% like, I really love your interpretation of it because I think the first thing that I love that you started with was not trying to define a personal brand, but showing like the way that you help people with it is helping start with their brand goals. And I think that helps to separate yeah. them from like the influencer culture can sometimes mm -hmm. be a little bit hard when the the context or advice is always 
you know, share all of you or like share what parts of you you want to show, but they don't really explain why they're, they're saying that because like you just mentioned, you're sharing those pieces so that you can get brand deals so that you can do these pieces. And I think you have to start with that in mind versus just like, what do you like? <laughs> and then yeah, like, yeah. not really have any, any strategy for that. Cause I think that's yeah. been the biggest thing that I've noticed has been the, the issue with like the multi-passionate side is sometimes they get some almost like so confused of all the facets that they are of what to to go into that they try and just like do here and there and get overwhelmed by the multifacetedness of themselves and it can kind of be hard for them then to figure out what needs to stay and what needs to go yeah no I completely agree I mean I think I'm such a I think so logistically and from a strategy perspective that you know it's and I always look on TikTok too with all of these influencers like every influencer you see has a category of like what type of influencer they're in right they're not just like doing everything like they do have some type of category or they post like 85% of their post is based off like some type of same scenario all the time and so I tell people I'm like hey you know it's not just, oh, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want on my Instagram, right? It's kind of like you need some strategy behind it based off your personal brand goals. So it's like, hey, what are your business goals and your personal brand goals? And we can align both, but people have been so caught up in, you know, learning like your content has to speak to one person or your content everything you post has to relate to that one offer that you're selling. And I think that people start to realize like they don't want that, but that's how they, they struggle to kind of get out of that scenario in a sense. That's actually a really great point that I love us to expand on deeper. It's just this concept that we've been, that's been in the DNA of online business, which is like have the one client, the one ideal person. And I find that when you talk about like the, the personal brand side, adding that in, it literally is the the 180 of it all. Because even I'll give myself an example. I love to be the guinea pig when I need to be on the podcast. That for me, you yeah. know, I do a lot of this work around like funnels and copy. But for yeah. me, that's outside of that is I write poetry. I do yeah. some like spiritual like tarot card stuff. And yeah. I even find myself having a hard time showing up or like sharing those pieces on my quote unquote business Instagram because I'm worried that it's not going to be the number one thing that my ideal client of those offers are going to connect to, even though I do want to write poetry and do a poetry book and these type of things. So I'm curious, how do you really help people who feel like, you know, I've had this one ideal client and I'm on the same account, which I think also is like a, a further mind fuck when you've had the same account on Instagram or like same hub for years. So I'd yeah. love to get your kind of feedback for that, for those who want to expand, but feel worried that their people won't come with them. Yeah. So I always say that, and I, this is like a true belief of mine that I don't want people to work with me just because of what I offer and that it's good, right? I want people to work with me because they know every part of me. So I want to, so I love when I'm like speaking to an ideal customer or someone who I want to call in, I'm more of like a characteristic driven person than like where you're at in business or your struggles all the time. Like I'm trying to call in someone who has similar characteristics and beliefs and values as me right? That's who I love to work with. And that's what I notice. like my deep connection clients and great relationships. We have very similar characteristics, values, and beliefs. And if I'm only just posting about my offers or business, 
how are they going to know what my characteristics or values or beliefs are? So that's why I feel like sharing parts of you that maybe people don't know can be super beneficial for you. When I started sharing more about other things that I was loving and doing, whether that was like um, my hobbies or uh, being multi-passionate in my second business or retreats or your poetry and tarot cards. And I actually shared one time that I love astrology. I'm very spiritual. And people were like, what, what? I did not know that. I started calling in people who were like, very relationship driven, had very similar values as me. So that's kind of how I look at it um, from a business perspective. Like I'm calling in clients and, but they're like humans and I love them and I love working with them. But if they're just joining me because I'm good at what I do and my offers and don't know me for my characteristics or values or what I stand for, then I don't know how the relationship will be. Right. So I want to like share things that I, that I'm doing and that I love and that I want to share and people love it too. Like, I feel like people want to see other parts of you as well. I agree. I mean, even the Instagram, you know, statistics will show it that the best, I feel like the most DM'd stories are always the ones about your life or about an interest you have. They're never about your offers because people care about like the other things. So it's funny because I think we see this, but for some reason we take ourselves out of the like the rule of this could work for us versus like it's working for someone else. So I think there is this level of kind of belief you have to have around it as well that people do want to hear you and also that you have something to say as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's like, you know, the more that you do it, the more that you get used to it. Like my whole belief on social media is I just document. Like really, people ask me like, what is your content process, your story process, your personal brand process? And I'm literally like, I document, I document my thoughts, my beliefs, something that comes up during the day, a client conversation, a podcast interview, conversation with my fiance, things I'm loving in my life, new clothes that I just got. Like, I'm never like, to me, I'm just, I'm not creating, like I'm documenting, like this is my entire existence. I'm putting on the internet. Some things I obviously like, I'm very, I'm actually a very private person. So some things I don't put on the internet because you don't have to, but it's, it, it made it easier when I had that reframe of creating so much and when I can just document and that just made growing my business and brand like so much easier and like less stressful for me. I yeah. totally hear the document side and you do a great job of it as well. Especially like your Instagram stories always kind of blend that mixture of yeah, it's like education, but not in a way that's you're really trying to like, you know, do a mini training all the time. And I think right. that's huge because something that I noticed that I would love to, to chat about as well is what you do really well with people is help to understand for them. Like you can have a broad brand if you have niche offers. And I think you do a really great like conversation about that. And I'd love to hear kind of your piece about it because you have actually really niche offers around your courses around like the winning wait list the pre-sell those like those are very specific so I'm curious for you how you kind of came to that realization but also how you help people to kind of figure that out for themselves too yeah so I've always been someone who has struggled with my messaging um because I just have so many ideas I'm like oh I can help them I can like that's just me being me right so when it comes and I also changed my mind 
and like 500 times. So I'll like post an Instagram story about my offer and be like, Ooh, I don't like that. I'm going to like redo the messaging, which I know, like, I, I don't, I don't like to do that, but sometimes I do change my mind a lot. Um, but I've always been someone who's had niche offers. And my first niche offer was actually a course on doing many trainings on Instagram stories. And I did that course because I got questions on it. People used to call me the mini training queen. I literally done over 300. I don't really do them anymore. But when I was like growing my business in the beginning and I was just getting questions and I was like, what if I create a course? And I literally just created and launched it. And it's actually my most enrolled course to this day. It's retired. But I was like, I feel like, and I got, got a lot of results for it, like being such a mini course. And I was like, I believe niche courses can get really great results because they're more easy to implement and they're more easily digestible. So that's what I started doing with most of my courses, even some of my micro programs. And what it did was it allowed me to have more of a fine-tuned message when I was selling them. So it was easier for me to really sell those types of courses because I do have a broad brand. I really can work with a lot of people, um, product-based agencies, whoever. And I was like, broad programs can kind of be more difficult because there's a lot that can go into like a 12-week or 14-week group program and really fine-tuning the message. But I've always found that if I have a broad brand, a personal brand, I can create these micro offers on a variety of topics and have a very fine tuned message. And it's also easier for me to create something like that. Um, because I like to having a personal brand allows me to create so many different offers on a variety of topics. Like I have a course on, you know, booking PR opportunities. I have a course on launching. And I think that if I fell more into just, doing businessy stuff and like, you know, just selling based off the customer journey, I couldn't have a variety of these courses. So it's allowed me to create just from more of my skills and passions, rather than like the exact customer journey, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I really love that note around you really have branched out from like the traditional customer journey flow, where it's like, you always have an offer that goes up and up and up. And I, you know, I think there is some people who that can still work well with, but you have to understand, like you said, if you know you're multi-passionate, there's a good chance that that's not going to work for you. Or maybe it's like, you can do like half journeys <laughs> and you yeah, got to move to something yeah. else. Yeah. That's really, that's what I like to do. I mean, I still have like a little customer journey. Like there's like little two offers there that work well with each other um, because it makes sense. Like it, the concept is true. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love it. And I think it's great, especially like if you're first starting out, but I always tell my clients, like, don't let that hold you back from wanting to create something that's kind of branches off from it. Cause I think we get stuck in the mindset of like, this offer needs to go exactly after this offer for it to make complete sense. And, you know, I, I tell people, I'm like, don't let that hold you back from creating like what you really want to create. Like there's a time and place for that. Um, because if you're creating what you want to create and your skills and what you're good at, like it's going to go over better for you. It's going to be more enjoyable at the end of the day. Enjoyable. And also, like you just mentioned around the part of really understanding that you're trying to create something that you're going to enjoy talking about. Of course, you should give yourself kind of like that space to be able to yeah. figure out what you even desire talking about further, which goes back to your first step. So mm -hmm. I think so much of this is, really, like you said, it's starting to go inward and then being intentional as you go 
further out. And I want to say for anyone who hasn't been on Madison's Instagram, please go do because she's like always posting so much good content. And one of the things that I noticed that I wanted to to get your perspective on was so I, I find that when it comes to like the niching process, that with niching can be this kind of false sense of security or like consistency, because I think if you're really mm-hmm. niche down, then you have this like box that'll always be there for you. And for you, I've noticed your content actually, you don't niche, but you have consistent elements, like your brand yeah. is consistent in those pieces. I know probably was intentional, but I'm curious for your people who you help out with, do you kind of help them identify like what are some consistent elements that they can kind of build into their multi-passionateness to help their audience kind of stick with them? Yeah, no, totally. Because I think that depending on, because at the end of the day, I still run a business, you know, like I really do. And it's very important to me. I'm a businesswoman first. And you know, I think people, it's really hard to place yourself in a position where you just kind of talk about whatever you want all day, every day. So I teach this in one of my programs. We kind of go over, um, almost like a, like, have you seen those spider graphs? Totally. Yeah. Where, you know, I'll have my clients be like, Hey, this is you multi-passionate marketing, business mentor, product based, you know, I want you to list like big themes you would love to talk about, but I kind of make them broad. So one of them could be business or like lifestyle or being multi-passionate or being family. And then I make them niche them down to micro themes to actually like top fix. So that helps me like, and this is what I do for myself, because sometimes I will find myself kind of getting off on like tangents in a way sometimes, which is fine. I think it's completely fine if you have to do that sometimes, but I think everything that we create, like, you know, I try to make my content more conversational, but from conversations. So a lot of what I create comes from questions I get in the DMs, client questions, a conversation I overheard at a coffee shop, something that my parents told me that I don't agree with, um, podcast conversations. Like I try to make it more micro in a way to where it's kind of easier to go through, but that allows me to still feel like I'm talking about whatever I want to talk about, but still based in my themes. So I can kind of ground myself because I like the structure, but I don't like too much structure kind of want that middle of where I do have the structure and my themes, what makes it easy for me, but I can kind of free flow in the post or in the stories. That's a really great note for those two, like you just mentioned. I, sometimes the, it's called like the paradox of choice. When you have so many options, you just sometimes feel overwhelmed by the idea yeah. of, right. even for myself today, I was like, I haven't also been sick for those who don't know, but I, I noticed I hadn't like posted on or on the feed in a week. And I was like, it's because I felt this level of, I don't know what I'm, what I feel like saying, because all I've been doing is watching TV shows. So I just finally recorded a reel about Netflix's dumb ad system now and stuff like that, that I can bring into marketing. But it wasn't until I realized like in a weird way, I kind of let my brain go there. How can I connect something that I'm going through to a, a theme that I already have? Because when you do have that in your ethers, that that idea, that theme, it does make your life easier without having to have, you know, I think we all love the idea of having a perfectly planned out content calendar with all of these things. But in mm-hmm. reality, life happens. Also, right you want to evolve, you want to say things that are more spontaneous sometimes, but you can still have that structure, like you said, those themes, those topics that can make it easier for you to have that kind of like shining light through it all. 
Yeah, I can, I completely 1000% agree. Um, I, and I kind of call it wisdom sharing. That's Mm. kind of what I call it where like a lot of times, and a lot of people don't like to do this, but a lot of my content uses I like Mm. the word I, Mm. I know some people are like, you should use you or you should use we, or you should never use I, but I feel like everything that goes through my mind and everything I do is content. Like, so I can share my wisdom and I can share because it's relatable. That's what it is. Now, sometimes I won't use I, but like, I like to share things and relate things to what I'm doing or like relate things to what's going on in my world. I think it's fun. I think it's good content and people like it. But I will say one thing that I do believe this as well. Like, I believe that, you know, if you're newer to business and maybe you're like, launching your first offer or you're like way beginner, then, you know, there comes a time and place where you do have to build that trust on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I, you, you should never stop building trust. Like just because like you're multi-passionate doesn't mean that like you can't not talk about business stuff if you want to grow a business. Right. I think that's what people kind of lose sight for. You can have that fine balance, but especially if you're kind of newer to business and growing, I think it's really important that, you know, you might create content, more content around your offer before a launch, or you might go through and have a content calendar. Like, you know, you find what works for you as you continuously grow. But, you know, I, I have to tell people that multi-passion is never an excuse to like, go off on tangents or talk about whatever you want all day, every day. And then you complain that you're not growing your business. There has to be the business element uh, as well, because you are growing a business. So I feel like sometimes people like you have to find that fine balance of both. You really do. And I love you mentioned that because that even though, you know, I find that people who are new, I don't, I usually work people who are intermediate and above when it comes to business, like they've been in business for, you know, a couple of years. So I usually don't have to start with that, but I actually think the same thing, especially for those who, who feel like their audience is dead or like, it feels like their audience is, you know, not connecting anymore. It's, it's, I literally created a freebie for this reason, because so many people come to me where it's like, my audience is tapped out. They don't care what I'm saying. Like, I need to get all, I need to put on ads, like do all these things. When in reality, it's like, but have you really shown up as a human in a while? Have you actually engaged with them in a way that like they're, you're talking more than just your offer, more than just those pieces. And a lot of times it's like, I'm afraid to, or I didn't think it mattered or stuff like that. So I agree for those who are beginner and those who feel like their, their audience isn't, you know, connecting with them anymore take that as a sign to allow yourself to investigate it because sometimes we don't really think about it's like black or white it's like they don't care so we got to like figure out something else when the thing part of this too the multi-passionate part is like this is the gray area you live you live in a some degree you live in a gray area and it's actually the last like the the point I wanted to go into which is I think what you're doing as well with being a multi-passionate and diving into this you're helping take out the issue that we just talked about where it's like a few, you know, you dive in a hundred percent into like one lane for a couple of years, you probably are going to get burnt out talking about it for you. It's like, you're in a constant evolution and pivot. And some people can see that as like a bad thing or think, well, that means I'm not on stable ground, but if you actually get comfortable in that, you're, you're yeah. so much stronger than you would be if you're only, you know, so that thing of like having all your eggs in one basket, when you actually allow yourself to get comfortable in that level of like evolution is kind of your, your new normal you become so much stronger as a person and a business because you'll be able to wade waters so much easier. 
Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, I always, I, I love that. And I love how you mentioned um, multi-passionists live in a gray area. I might take that for a piece of content because it's so, it's so true. Um, like what goes on in my mind is crazy. And I, I think that, you know, being multi-passionate, you also have to be disciplined. Like you have to, you have to make decisions. Like you have to pick something and make the decision. And, but I always tell people that, you know, the great thing that I've learned about being multi-passionate is I'm not, I'm not afraid to test things Mm -hmm. and fail. Um, I, the amount of things that I've created and brought into the world that just did not work out has been tremendous, but it's led to more opportunities and, you know, it's evolving, it's taking risks, it's, you know, creating things that you want to create, but it's, you know, releasing from the how, because, you know, you're never going to find the idea you truly love, or you're never going to find the next thing you want to do if you don't do something that's going to lead to that thing, I think is that because, you know, and I I made a post about this. A lot of people are multi-passionate, but they really want to multi-master. They want to master multiple things. They want to diversify their revenue streams. They want to dip their hands in multiple projects, but you can't find stability with those projects if you don't do other things and you don't take risks and try something new. And I think that's kind of what you have to do. And you never have to sacrifice one thing over another. You never have to sacrifice your business to create something new. Like you're just always testing and always evolving and always making decisions and always, you know, playing around in your head of what's going to be right or what's going to be wrong. And it's just kind of enjoying the process of being multi-passionate is what people need to start doing more. I 100% agree. And it really is taking that kind of like experimenter mindset into everything. And really, like you said, having to let go of that, like stronghold we have, like, this is the way, and like this one, this idea is going to be it and makes our life inherent. It's kind of like we're having to beat and decondition so much of our old thinking because trying to bring that old thinking into this new part of multi-passionate living is not going to work it just is inherently if you want to have a lot of things you're not going to be able to do them all great starting off the gate it's just not not going to happen no absolutely not which is fine and you know I I had someone dm me I, I posted about um on, I made a post and I was like creating new things and like failing at it. You know, a lot of people, they were like, I'm building up the courage to actually like bring ideas into the world because, you know, we have so many ideas and I've always learned that if I keep them bottled up, I feel like chaotic and unorganized because, you know, there's so many things I want to do. So if I can bring a few ideas into the world, test them, see how they go, like it's just more enjoyable at the end of the day, because now I'm doing multiple things when I was focusing on one thing. So it's just kind of ebbs and flows and learning how you operate as a multi-passionate. I 100% agree. And I I think I want to give people the 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 gift of being able to go to your Instagram, go to find you in all the places and really dive in deeper to this because I know we just scratched the surface on really where to begin in this area or even double down in places where you have began to start doing multi-passionate stuff, but you want to go in further. So I'd love to give people, where can they find you? What's the next step yeah. for them that you'd love for them to dive into with you? 
Yeah. So my Instagram is at madison.tender. I, I create a lot of content around being multi-passionate, but sometimes it's like, you'll see my content's very sporadic and random and that is completely okay. It doesn't um, look like it at all. I can promise you on the other side. <laughs> okay, good. Um, And I, I do have a membership called the Multi-Passionate School of Business. It's a great place for people who've just kind of realized they're multi-passionate and kind of want to dive deeper into what that looks like for them, whether they're new to business or seasoned business owners who just kind of like, oh my God, I'm multi-passionate. I need a pivot. So I have two different tiers for that. And yeah, I have a podcast called Multi-Passionate Conversations that's actually dropping beginning of January. So we'll probably be out when this is out, um, where I just honestly talk about whatever I want with amazing people. So <laughs> that is the gist of it. Well, I think no matter where you go, you're not you're gonna find so much good stuff when it comes to Madison's content. I mean, again, it does not look sporadic on your side, it looks very intentional. <laughs> so you're totally good. Thank you. Um, but this has been such a great conversation. I'm so glad we're able to dive into this and hopefully could possibly do a part two and go in even deeper down the road. For sure. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. All right, everyone talk to you later and have a great rest of your day. Bye guys.